you would please remain standing and turn in your Bibles to uh, Psalm 103. Psalm 103. Our Old Testament reading is going to be verses 8 through 14 of Psalm 103. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will He keep His anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His steadfast love to those who fear Him, As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame, and he remembers that we are dust. Then turn over to the New Testament to 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. These should be familiar verses. We read these uh, several weeks ago. We were talking about God is a holy God. They also apply for this morning as we talk about God is mercy. So 1 Peter 2, verses 9 and 10. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation a people for His own possession, that you might proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the Word of our Lord stands forever. You may be seated. And as you do, please bow your heads and pray with me. Heavenly Father, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing and honoring in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. And it's in Jesus' name alone that we pray. Amen. Now, being a part of a pastor's family means that you are uh, open fodder for being used in sermon illustrations. Most of the time, it's good. Uh, Hopefully, it's good. Um, I have an agreement with my wife that if I use her, uh, I need to check with her first, make sure that that's okay. Um, I did not check with my mother this morning, but I'm assuming that this is going to be okay to use her for a sermon illustration. Um, But it's amazing how um, God brings things to light um, in my life as I'm studying and preparing for a particular sermon. Uh, The fact that this week we're going to be looking at the attribute of God, that God is mercy. Well, God showed mercy to my mother yesterday. Um, Something that was just completely unexpected. Um, They were on their way from Chicago down here to Little Rock, uh, traveling down I-57 and then I-55. But um, when I called her uh, midway through the morning, 
Um, she, I could tell that she had tears in her eyes. Uh, she was sad. Um, I didn't know what was the, the matter, but it turned out that she had severe abdominal pain. And it had started that morning, and as they were traveling, it was getting worse and worse. Uh, finally, she called a couple hours later, and she knew that she needed something. She needed some sort of care. So we found an urgent care for her uh, outside of Cairo, Illinois. If you have any idea where that is, it's in the middle of nowhere where Illinois and Kentucky and Missouri all come together, where the Mississippi River and the Ohio River meet, um, just a little town. And uh, we find this urgent care for her. It's actually in Missouri. Uh, they go, they admit her to the ER, and it turned out that she had a kidney stone. Um, she was able to, to pass that. They gave her some morphine, which I hear is uh, pretty good. So uh, uh, after that, she was feeling fine. And by, by God's mercy, she is here this morning. We contemplated, um, what are we going to do? Should we postpone the baptism? There, um, uh, if she gets admitted, what, uh, should I go up there and, and go see her? But um, by the mercy of God, uh, she is here with us this morning. Um, and um, as we look at God's mercy to us this morning, we're looking at this favor that God has poured out upon us. This mercy that we can define as, as stooping down in kindness to uh, an inferior or to, to, have, to have pity or to have compassion on someone to, or to actively compassionate another, if you can use compassionate uh, as a verb there. Um, Last week, we talked about the fact that God is grace. Uh, grace and mercy are very close to one another. They're very, uh, it's like, in a sense, they're married to one another. Um, in my mind, to be able to, to distinguish between a God, God's mercy and God's grace, I think of like a, a rifle versus a shotgun, where God's grace is like a rifle. Um, it is, his grace is to the elect. His saving grace. We are saved by grace through faith. Where mercy, in a sense, is more like a, a shotgun. It is over all his works. Uh, he has shown uh, all of us mercy. God has saved us by his grace. Through nothing that we have done. We talked about that last week. That it is unmerited favor. And the grace is on the... The stress there is on the unmerited Grace is a gift. Mercy is the kindness that God pours out on his people. In a sense, it is that gift that he has given. Uh, the fact that we are here right now, that my mother is here right now, the fact that we are, are together as God's people is due to the mercy of God. Because mercy gives God patience. You know that old familiar children's story in the Bible in Genesis chapter 6? about Noah and the flood, and we think it's all cute and cuddly, and we have these you know, pictures of Noah on the ark with all these animals. But in, in reality, the, the story of Noah is a gruesome, gruesome story because of the fact that God literally wiped out the entire human race, save eight individuals. Eight people were saved. God, in his righteous justice, wiped out sinners. Because of God's mercy, we are not wiped out right now. 
Because of his mercy, he has patience with us. He does not fly off the handle when he sees sin. Um, instead, he treats it with righteous patience. I'll be honest, sometimes I struggle with mercy when it comes to my children. Uh, in particular, when it comes to my children who wake me up in the middle of the night. And uh, Stephanie can attest to this. Um, uh, I'm a good sleeper. I can hit the pillow and I'll be out in maybe five seconds on a bad night. It probably takes about two or three seconds. Uh, Stephanie struggles a little bit with that uh, because we'll be having a conversation and suddenly I'm gone. I'm out. <laughs> but um, uh, because I can wake up and go to sleep so quickly, I'm the one who usually checks on our children in the middle of the night. So if there's a cry, um, I get up out of bed and uh, go check on them. But that is not the time where I show the greatest mercy to my children. It is a time of selfishness. I have to get up out of bed. I would like to be sleeping and that, at that point. And uh, simple acts uh, of disobedience in the night are often met with, with justice, I would say, rather than mercy. But the mercy of God shows patience to us. You see, grace determines who he will have mercy on and who he won't, as we read in Romans 9, verse 20, 25. It says, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. I don't want to split hairs between grace and mercy and you know, get exactly what is what. That's not the point. Uh, the fact of the matter is, grace is undeserved, and mercy is his great kindness to us. It is his great compassion on us. Now, unfortunately, my daughter is not in the sanctuary right now. Stephanie is feeding her. But God has been merciful to Abigail. He has shown her tremendous mercy. Uh, she has been born into a Christian family. That is not to say that she has the greatest parents in the world. Uh, Stephanie and I are by no means, uh, we try uh, our very hardest. Uh, but she has been shown mercy in the fact that she is here. She is a part of a Christian home. She gets to hear the word of God read to her. She has brothers and sisters who love her. Uh, she, this morning, was baptized into God's covenant to receive the blessings of the covenant, to hear about the goodness of God, to hear the gospel. On top of that, she has a home where she is warm at night, where she is clothed and, and fed, um, where she is loved. That is God's mercy. And what is true for Abigail is true for us as well. We are recipients of God's mercy. We have clothes on our back. We have food on our tables. When we consider the suffering that we see around the world, we have it good. And it is all due to the mercy of God. The fact that we are a part of the family of God. Whether or not you are a believer, the fact that you are here this morning is God's mercy. That you are hearing the word proclaimed is God's mercy. 
God's mercy isn't always rescuing us out of situations or pouring out blessings on us. Sometimes God in His mercy allows us to suffer and to suffer trials. But God in His mercy always, always has our best interest in mind. Sometimes the mercy of God allows us to suffer or to experience the consequences of our actions. Natural consequences. Uh, If you remember back to the story of Samson. Samson was literally the strongest man who ever walked the face of the earth. I know my kids sometimes think that it's their dad, but no, it's not. It's Samson. He was the strongest. And in his strength, he became arrogant. And he forgot about the Lord. Uh, He allowed his hair to be cut, and he lost his strength. And he lost his relationship with the Lord. But God, in his mercy, allowed that to happen. He allowed Samson to be humbled. And he allowed his great strength to leave him. And you know that Samson then was a a tortured prisoner at the hands of the Philistines. He had killed so many of them with his bare hands um, and they made a spectacle of him once they captured him. But the last great act of Samson's life was an act of mercy on God's behalf to Samson. He allowed Samson to avenge the Philistines for what what they had done to him. But in the process... He lost his life as well. Uh, God's mercy to him was such uh, that in his death he was able to uh, avenge the Philistines even more so than he had in his life. You see, God's mercy in the early church, if you read through the book of Acts, you can see that after Pentecost, the church was growing in Jerusalem. But God had, or Christ had said in Acts 1 verse 8 that he, You will receive the Holy Spirit and you will be my witnesses not only in Jerusalem, but in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Well, how in God's mercy did he allow that to happen? It happened through persecution. James, one of the apostles, was killed. Persecution broke out against the church. And suddenly the church is scattered. But wherever they scattered They were planted. And they were sharing the gospel with others. If the church had never never seen persecution, they may have remained complacent. They may have remained in Jerusalem where they were. But instead, these Christians got to see many more people coming to faith and the church grew. The church flourished because of God's mercy. In mercy, we discipline our children and we teach them right from wrong to respect authority, to love the Lord. In mercy, we sometimes allow them to suffer the consequences of their actions so that they can understand what is right and what is pleasing to the Lord. But ultimately, we see the greatest mercy that God has poured out on us through His Son, Jesus Christ. In a couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at God's justice. A lot of the times when you talk about God and His mercy, you also refer to God's justice. And we'll be doing that in two weeks. Mercy and justice often go hand in hand as well. 
And mercy cannot cancel God's judgment apart from atonement. Let me say that again. Mercy, God's mercy cannot cancel his justice and his judgment apart from atonement. You see, when God in his justice sees sin, when he sees our iniquities, the ways that we fall short, there must be judgment. There has to be. But mercy, the mercy of God, brought Christ to the cross. You see, God, through Christ, took care of our greatest need. God's greatest act of mercy was allowing Christ to die on our behalf on the cross. You see, God always takes care of our greatest need. Even when we might think that we don't need it, or we come to Him for other reasons, in a sense. This past week during Kids Quest, we looked at Mark chapter 2, and we were looking at the story of when Jesus healed the paralytic who was lowered down through the roof at Jesus' feet because there was such a crowd in the room that people couldn't get to him. And so they they break through the roof and they lower him down at Jesus' feet. And so what does Jesus do to him? This man who is obviously coming to him so that his legs would be healed, so that he could walk. But Jesus' first words to him are, Son, your sins are forgiven. If I was the paralytic, or if I were his friends who had worked so hard to get him to Jesus, I would have been, Jesus, thank you, that's great. Uh, The reason we brought him here is because he cannot walk. Please, can you heal his legs? But what does Jesus do first? He says, your sins are forgiven. Because he knew that the greatest need that that man had was not for him to walk. The greatest need in his life The greatest need in all of our lives is for our sins to be forgiven. Now Christ, in his mercy, also did heal his paralyzed legs uh, in order to show the Pharisees his power, that he had the power to even forgive sins. He said, get up, take your mat, and walk. But God's greatest act of mercy is not healing our legs. It is not healing our diseases, which he does do. It is the cross. It is taking our sin and it is showing us forgiveness. So, so what? So God is a merciful God. So God has shown us mercy. Well, because we have been shown mercy, we show mercy. What Steve said this morning about uh, Stephanie and I being able to show love to Abigail. Uh, To the extent that we have been shown mercy, we have the ability to show mercy to others. And we have plenty of opportunities to show mercy to one another. Uh, There's a trip going next week to Moore, Oklahoma to show mercy to those whose homes were ravaged and whose lives were changed forever by the tornadoes that tore through there not long ago. Um, That is a great opportunity for us to show mercy, and we'll have more opportunities uh, to do that in the future. But we don't have to travel to show mercy. Uh, We don't have to leave this room to show mercy. Suffering is right here in our church. It's in our neighborhoods. 
It's in our families. Do we take the time, though, to show mercy? A lot of times, uh, one of the most merciful things that we can do for one another is to lend a listening ear. In this world of busyness and of urgency, a lot of times we neglect what is truly important, uh, the things, the relationships that we have with one another. Do we take the time to show mercy to one another? Or are we too busy to lend a listening ear or even a shoulder to cry on? We have an opportunity coming up uh, with the Dorcas House uh, to show mercy uh, to these women who are graduating from their program. And they're doing a great ministry here in Little Rock uh, for these women who have been uh, abused and battered. Um, We have other opportunities as well. I could go on uh, for a long time. But the greatest way that we can show mercy, the greatest way is the way that Christ showed mercy. That he didn't heal the paralytic's legs immediately. Instead, he forgave his sins. No, we cannot forgive sins. Only Christ can forgive sins. But we can show them. We can show others Christ. As we are able, we are called to be witnesses of his mercy. Called to be witnesses of Christ. What greater way can we show mercy to others than by sharing Christ? With them. Now we have been shown a great deal of mercy by the grace of God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And every month, on the, usually the first Sunday of the month, when we gather together for worship, we celebrate the mercy of God in the Lord's Supper. We celebrate the fact that Christ has forgiven our sins through His death and His resurrection through the fact that His body was broken for us and His blood was shed so that we might have this forgiveness of sins. You see, every time we celebrate communion, what we're doing is celebrating the mercy that God has for us. As we come to the table this morning, we need to prepare our hearts. We need to prepare our hearts in knowing that this is not... Trinity's table. This is not my table. This is not the elders' table. This is the Lord's table. So if you have been shown mercy by the Lord Jesus Christ, if you have put your faith and your trust in Him, come celebrate God's mercy with us. If you have not yet, please wait. It's okay. If you want to know the mercy of God that He has poured out on us through Jesus Christ, Please come talk to me or one of the elders after the service. Would love to share with you about the mercy of God.